listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. This is Pharmacy Crossroads with your host, community pharmacy business veteran, the road trip guy, Bruce Neeland. Community pharmacy is at a crossroads. Pharmacy owners across the country are evolving their pharmacy businesses and making a bigger impact on their communities. Bruce talks with the most innovative community pharmacy owners, pharmacy industry experts, and people who are passionate about the business of pharmacy and its impact on community health care. Pharmacy Crossroads is a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. And now, here's our host, Bruce Neeland. Well, hello again, Pharmacy Crossroads podcast listeners. This is Bruce Neeland. I get to be your host. And as always, I have a wonderful guest today that I'm anxious to introduce you to. Uh, This is a different podcast for me. I'm going to be talking with Sandy Canale, who is the founder and CEO of the Compliance Team. And she's going to educate me and share with you some things about how we turn compliance and accreditation and certification into positive attributes of your pharmacy that will help you be more successful. Sandy, take a minute and tell us who you are and where you came from and a little bit about your amazing company. Well, thanks so much for um, for inviting us to do this today. Uh, what a pleasure it is to uh, talk to uh, you as well as your audience. But uh, okay, I always have to start with I'm a nurse by background, and uh, you know it certainly means that in everything we do, we're very patient focused, but. Back in 1994, I started the compliance team, which, of course, as you said, is is our company that turned into an accreditation uh, and certification organization. Now, why did I do that? You know, everybody has heard of very large uh, accreditation organizations that do hospitals. And and, uh, one of the reasons I started uh, an accreditation organization was because accreditation overall needed improvement. It wasn't really doing what it needed to do. So... One of the things that we did was I founded on the com- the compliance team around two beliefs. One, that every patient deserves exemplary care. And two, that it shouldn't be difficult or costly to get accredited if you focused on what mattered most to the patients. And here at the compliance team, that's safety, honesty, and caring. And and I love how the, you use the word exemplary. Um, I've seen that come up a few times on your on your uh, uh, web page, and it, it's got a really positive connotation for me. It's a little bit of exceptional. It's well beyond good. It's exemplary, and and uh, I, and and I love how you use that word. So. 28 years ago, is that what the math comes out to for when you started this? Exactly. 28 years ago. And I have to say, everybody thought I was this crazy nurse in Pennsylvania to start an accreditation organization. But, you know, 28 years later, uh, we're in 
uh, the demi-post market. That's where we started. It expanded into the world of pharmacy and uh, then became uh, CMS approved for clinics uh, in rural areas, uh, got into urgent care, and then most recently got in uh, the world of health departments, mainly because of COVID and emerging infectious disease. And we were the only ones that had certification that related to what the health departments were doing. Well, and, and I love the fact that you're cross-functional, for lack of a better word. Too many times in the pharmacy world, if, if we're not talking to pharmacists, we think that we're wasting our time and nothing could be further from the truth. What, one of the things that I postulate quite frequently is pharmacists need to clearly identify themselves as healthcare professionals with expertise in medications and, and think more broadly. And, and I think that's what your company does is help them think more broadly and, and find ways to serve patients above and beyond filling prescriptions. Would that be a fair analysis? It, exactly. It goes back to the evolving role of the pharmacist. And one of the things that we've done across the board for quite a few years now is look at what's happening in the market and create programs that not only help the patient in terms of patient outcomes, but actually help the independent or even the small chain pharmacist in expanding roles and really reinforcing with their community that they truly are a community leader and a healthcare leader as, as that leader. Yeah. And, you know, pharmacy is a tough business. I, I had a visit with an orthopedic surgeon yesterday. I'm uh, contemplating some hip surgery uh, and was blown away by how busy this guy was. He happens to be a personal friend of mine. But, uh, you know, the, the parking lot was full. Every waiting room was full. The, the you know, the foyer where you sit and wait had five or six people. Uh, the point being is that healthcare is a rapidly growing business. And uh, if a pharmacist can figure out a way to add new services to a busy, exceptionally well-run well pharmacy, uh, I think that the professional rewards, both uh, emotionally, spiritually, and, and, and more importantly, uh, financially, are there for them. And uh, that's kind of what we want to talk about today. So, I've spent some time on your website. I see a menu of services that is three pages long. Uh, break that down for us uh, quite simply into the some of the core elements of things that services that your company provides. So let's everything starts with community pharmacy because it actually uh, community pharmacy accreditation acts as a foundation because you can't evaluate the higher level like compounding or um, infusion or uh, even uh, what we refer to as patient-centered pharmacy home, which is that high-end uh, integrative type model uh, between primary care and pharmacy doing more chronic disease management. You can't really do that unless 
you have a strong foundation. And one of the things that we always focus in on is operations, because we believe operational excellence leads to clinical excellence, that you can't have one without the other. In other words, okay, you need to make sure that that everybody is trained appropriately, that you're hiring the, the appropriate people, and uh, that it is run efficiently, and that automatically then leads into clinical services. So certainly a lot of the programs that that we offer are related to those additional clinical services, like point-of-care testing that then relates to test and treat. Um, you know, certainly medication therapy management, we have clinical disease management certification. But again, I can't stress enough the importance of getting community pharmacy. Now, one of the things that we do that, that you'll appreciate is because of the Part B uh, requirement for accreditation for DemiPost, we actually include that in our community pharmacy. And, you know, back in probably 2013, I had that eureka moment where, okay, we're accrediting all these pharmacies for DemiPost, and it was not even 5% of their business, and thought, well, you know what, how can we really, really help these pharmacies grow and part of it has to be linked to what they're known for in the community thus community pharmacy accreditation was born and we were the first to come out with community pharmacy that also included the demi post portion so tell me a little bit about demi post i've done a little bit of research on it i'm sure the pharmacy listeners know but what doors does that open for a pharmacy and how hard is it to get it all right. Well, with us, since we simplify everything and we have a different business model than most accreditors where we have a preparation phase where they have one of our expert advisors walking them through the standards first and then uh, giving them templates for policies and procedures and uh, any plans, anything they need to succeed. And then once they're they've completed their homework, so to speak. We send another advisor on site, you know, unannounced to verify and validate that they are doing what they say they're doing and that they meet the quality standards. Now, remember that the DemiPost accreditation requirement goes back to the Medicare Modernization Act of 2003. Then from that act, they vetted and chose the CMS-approved agencies that were able to accredit pharmacies or just straight demipost, really anybody that was billing Part B DME. And uh, by 2006, the accreditors were chosen, and then everybody that was billing Part B at that time had to be formally accredited by one of the agencies by September 30th, 2009. 
And what what a whirlwind that was getting thousands of new customers in the door in those last couple months of the deadline. Yeah. And when you accredit, it's your business that's on the line, right? I mean, you're valid. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And one of one of the things you need to know is that the the standards that we use have been vetted over and over again by CMS to that we meet and or exceed them. And in our case, the compliance team, we exceed what CMS came out with with their standards. But one of the other points I'd like to make is the compliance team was one of four accreditors that was actively accrediting pharmacies and DMEs prior to the Modernization Act. Whereas some other accreditors, because of the Modernization Act, were born, so to speak. This episode of Pharmacy Crossroads is brought to you by the Compliance Team, or often referred to as TCT. The Compliance Team is in the business of helping pharmacies better meet the clinical needs of their patients by helping them meet accreditation and certification standards that allow them to provide and bill for services. They have a large suite of services, all designed to allow pharmacy owners and managers to navigate the complicated web of regulations in a simple and easy to follow manner. The compliance team currently supports thousands of home medical care agencies and pharmacies all across the country and is a nationally recognized provider of healthcare accreditation. You can find out more about the compliance team at thecompliance-team.org. Again, that's thecompliance-team.org. You mentioned a minute ago onboarding thousands. Uh, I would invite my listeners to go to the compliance uh, the compliance team.org website down in the bottom right hand corner uh, there's a little box that says find an exceptional pharmacy or an exemplary pharmacy and if you click on that little drop down menu you can go in by state and and just look at the companies that are part of the compliance team service program uh, this is not a small company this is a company with years of experience and thousands of customers and and as sandy says they their big customer base is uh, dme providers but that segues perfectly into pharmacies that that need to or want to open up that profit opportunity for their pharmacy so you mentioned point of care a minute ago. Would that would include clearly COVID, uh, strep, and and uh, influenza? What yeah, else? One sees all all of that. We actually uh, created it during COVID because there obviously was the need for uh, testing with COVID. Uh, there also was a need for that outside validation of what they were doing with immunizations. And certainly with the decrease in folks going to pediatricians for their wellness visits, they still were going to their neighborhood pharmacy. So that became another outlet where, oh, okay, let's get the whole family together and go in for not only COVID shots and flu shots, but also you know, the typical vaccines for children that uh, the pharmacies 
prior to to this, we're not doing as much uh, with pediatrics. And, and, you know, clearly that's been a, a financial and uh, public relations and clinical boon to pharmacies the last couple of years. <clears throat> and the question is, will, question is, will they build on it and move forward into new stuff, which if they're going to do, they're going to need some help. So I, I, I you've mentioned the uh, patient centered medical home. And then I also see disease, clinical disease management. Uh, tell us a little bit about those two things that are, are not clear to me. <laughs> well, clinical disease management, much like chronic disease management, really um, addresses the medication therapy management for things like diabetes, uh, hypertension. It uh, is directly related to what the plans uh, look for in their star rating so that if the whoever the pharmacies are that are actually going above um above the norm in uh in those areas they're more likely to get on the payers network because it directly relates to uh, improving the star ratings of the plan of uh, you know pharmacists and pharmacies really are that hub for medication management, uh, for managing disease. Now, the other, we see many models out there. Uh, there, we have um, certification for integrative uh, care models where we've got either a pharmacist or a pharmacy embedded into uh, clinics or physician practices. Remember that we're also recognized by CMS for clinics, um, especially rural health clinics. And, you know, that goes hand in hand where they don't have a lot of pharmacies. Uh, the other area that's a growth area is telepharmacy. And I was just I was just wondering about that. Yeah. So please pursue that. For absolutely. A minute. Where there's um, a main pharmacy where the pharmacist is and then maybe 50 miles uh, farther, there's a remote pharmacy that is not manned by the pharmacist is manned by the techs. And, you know, depending on the state requirement and this differs within uh, within the states as to how many miles it needs to be and how, you know, how it's managed by the main pharmacy. But we we have an accreditation program for that as well. Uh, the other model we're seeing is basically using telehealth type um, technology with an, with an iPad doing some uh, medication counseling with patients or meds to beds where, okay, a patient is getting ready for discharge and the pharmacy tech or the pharmacist or whatever goes to the hospital and does counseling. So all of these things are directly involved in the evolving role of the pharmacist. And that is clearly designated in our programs that you know we we verify and validate what they're doing 
And the other thing I'd like it, to mention is please go ahead. Yes. Home infusion therapy is another growing area that uh, we are CMS approved for that as well. And, you know, pharmacists are seeing the the opportunity there in terms of billing and so forth. And so that's exactly where I wanted to go. We've got some neat clinical opportunities. Are, are they followed by obvious income opportunities? T talk to us a little bit about not only where the money comes from, but how operational efficiencies improve, uh, uh, you know, profitability, the, you know, heads and tails of the same coin. So accreditation overall improves operational efficiency, which then means saving time and money. But also there's an important result of standardizing policies and process, having those consistencies, especially if even if you only have one location and you have different staff coming in at different times on different days, you want them to be doing things the same way as everybody else. And that directly relates to, uh, you know, saving time and money because of that efficiency. You know, certainly the counseling and uh, doing these additional services then if Dr. Jones sends Mrs. McGillicuddy, I always use Mrs. McGillicuddy, <laughs> to, to your pharmacy and you're doing things like reconcil medication reconciliation and you're counseling Mrs. McGillicuddy on the importance of taking the drugs and she then has better results because of that, then Dr. Jones is going to send more patients. Well, that's a way of growing your pharmacy and improving your business, increasing your business by script growth. Now, you know, I know that there's all sorts of other things in the mix when you talk about having uh, prescriptions and um processing of scripts, but certainly getting the word out that you are doing these more clinical services, what better way than via the referral physician uh, in your space, in your market, and especially if you're, you have a lot of diabetic patients, you want that diabetic patient to come to your pharmacy and stay in your pharmacy. So you offer the demi posts, you offer the strips, you offer diabetic shoes, you offer, you know, obviously the meters, and and then you're filling their scripts. On average, a diabetic, I believe, has at least five prescriptions over and above the. Uh, strips that I, I hear from folks, well, we can't make money on the strips. No, you can't. You make money around everything else. Yeah, they they buy a lot of other things. Patient, right? yeah. yeah. So I want to go back to the standardization piece a little bit. So were you talking about helping create operations manuals and job descriptions and, and reporting processes in that? Is it that granular? So when I say templates, we give templates on policies and procedures, job descriptions, 
plans, all of those things, they need to then adapt it to their business model. Say, for instance, they're not doing any kind of rental equipment with demipos. They're not bringing back dirty equipment. Well, then obviously the policies that they have aren't going to relate to cleaning equipment. All right. If they do, then we have policies for that as well. But the storage and handling of pharmaceuticals, all of that, you know, disposal, all the OSHA, all of that, we we actually give the pharmacies as a template if they're part of our accreditation program. Well, and, and I know you've talked when we were praying this about how you simplify all of that. Uh, describe that process, because it sounds to me like a pretty tangled web. <laughs> well, it was a tangled web until we created the exemplary provider accreditation programs, and it was built around that simplification, meaning that the standards themselves are written in plain language. So anybody in the organization can pick it up and say, oh, I see what we have to do. So it actually acts as an operational manual with uh, with regard to utilizing the standards, using our templates. So we, in essence, we're helping them every step of the way until we become, we go on site to then step back and verify and validate that they did their job. They put it in place. And, you know, it's simplified in, in that way with the standards, with the process. And basically in essence, we change the way you think about accreditation because historically speaking, it's been difficult and costly and you needed to hire somebody to interpret the standards, let alone implement them. Well, and to go back to my uh, introductory comments, it it has frankly over my years in the pharmacy business, the topic has scared me. So I've stayed away from it and, <laughs> and you know, finding ways to simplify it, uh, talk about it in, in regular English and terms that people can understand, you know, strikes me as a, as a valuable service. Um, so uh, the 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 demi posts and you know rental business and billing for part B, um, that's got some advantages in that it's a, it's a whole new income stream for the pharmacy that's not subject to PBMs and and those kinds of things. Is that correct? Absolutely, but you need to you need to follow the the Medicare guidelines for, you know, the local coverage uh, criteria and so forth and, and so on. But, you know, you utilize our standards to basically set up your pharmacy for Demipos. We then come in and verify and validate that you've done everything right. And then, you know, if you don't have a PTAN number, then you know, you apply for it because you can't do that first. You have to show you're accredited uh, before you can even apply for a Medicare number for DemiPost. But there's many different uh, natural extensions for type of products. I mean, you've got bracing, you've got supplies, you've got 
you know, all the incontinence. You've got all all types of products that you don't have to get into high end with power wheelchairs or oxygen or whatever to make it worth your while. Well, and, you know, like I say, some of those things are pretty common. I, I uh, turned 75 this year. My wife and I are having the conversation about hiring somebody to come in and put in the handrails and all that kind of stuff on the shower and the bathtub. Is, is that the kind of thing that a pharmacy could do uh, through Demipost or is that just a cash business? Tell me, talk, what about that? No, that, that's really a cash business. That's not covered by uh, Medicare under Demipost. So you're talking uh, walkers, canes, wheelchairs, braces, you know, diabetic supplies, insulin pumps, you know, to name just uh, just a few. Now, if there are pharmacies that want to do just a cash business for DME products, we just introduced a new program for retail uh, Demi posts, meaning that they're not billing insurance, they're not billing Medicare, and it's a way to, again, uh, have trust from the community that they're dealing with a reputable um, pharmacy that has been verified and validated for their quality for even taking cash in retail DME. Uh, that is a great way to at least tiptoe into it, isn't it? And exactly. Yeah. And, so and the other thing, if they do that, and and we uh, just recently attended MedTrade in Atlanta, and one of the things, the, the response that we were getting with our new retailer certification was just that, well, we really didn't want to get into Medicare just yet. We'd like to start out. Okay, then you start with this. And then when you're ready, we move you up to full full blown accreditation and you're already with us. So uh, you've just used the word certification. Is is that what you just said? Um, yes. That's a, that's a, a business term, not a legal term, right? Yes, that's correct. So when I talk about certification, I'm talking about certifying the pharmacy or DME for a particular type of service, not the individual for, you know, credits or, or what, oh, okay, I got this certification and therefore um, I'm an expert in in this. It's a very focused, it's only two years instead of three years. Accreditation is much more broad scoped. So we're looking at a much bigger picture with accreditation than we are with certification. Um, is there, I mean, if you go through the certification process in two years, does that cut a year or two off the accreditation process? Mm, well, it would, it, it's not going to, if you then turn around and sign up for accreditation, you would still go through accreditation, be accredited for three years because we need to keep three year terms mainly okay. because of Medicare. Because okay, it's not that it every, takes three years to get accredited. No, it's no, a, no, it you get accredited a, for three years. I'm sorry. Months. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, the term has to be the same as what CMS recognizes because remember we're cms approved for demi post so there's certain rules that we've got to abide by 
Yeah, and we're into strict legal terms. I understand that's why I asked the question about the difference there. Right. So uh, the, one of the things I want to jump back on, because it's it's one of those things that I'm, I'm just getting ready to write an article about some of the things I've learned over the years. And and one of them, actually two of them is, is if, if you want to be successful, you need to run an exceptional pharmacy. That's granted. But you need to do something else exceptionally well. And, and it strikes me that the things we're talking about and the things you can help pharmacists with w- would be plan A for that exceptionally well stuff. The, the other thing that's on my list of things is don't be afraid to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I guess that's the niche that you absolutely fill. I mean, this is a big opportunity, but complicated and, and you need help. So uh, yeah, it's just a pitch for people to realize these, you know, too many pharmacy owners think that they need to do it all and they need to know it all. And, and I would postulate that they can, they can use their time better by paying money and hiring somebody to help and then spending more time doing rather than learning. Uh, does that make any sense to you? Well, it does. I mean, we, we, uh, that word help is okay so you got to be careful because we're not helping like a consultant would remember we're an accreditor okay so you always need that arm's length so where we help is in creating standards that can simplify organize and make a difference in in their pharmacy, the help that we offer are in, we'll call it a toolbox, where number one, you have the templates and so forth, but you also have the advisor that walk, that does a series of conference calls teaching them. So it's an educational preparation, asking them questions. What is your business model? How are you doing this? How are you doing that? And then another person who doesn't know anything about this pharmacy comes on site unannounced to verify and validate that uh, they meet the quality standards and they've put everything in place. And, you know, the other way of helping is the outcome of that creating these consistencies, you know, especially if it's in a chain, you want, you know, and we have quite a few chains, you know, you want store number two to be the same as store number 50 or store number 300. And, you know, that consistency matters in terms of the overall service delivery of that organization. Now, the other thing, again, I'll go back to that word help is and and the toolbox is that we're the only accreditor that offers a patient satisfaction portal where they can, Mrs. McGillicuddy comes in the pharmacy and via our portal, they can send a text, they can send an email, they can, you know, call her up and ask questions, but the information goes directly into our portal where they're able to then get reports to share with payers, with referral sources, and most importantly, 
they can be benchmarked against the thousands in the database. So they can see where they stand within the national average. And, you know, I, I can't emphasize enough the value of that. And I, I see it a lot when I, I visit pharmacies and they talk about their effectiveness of their Facebook posts and how many likes they got on this, that or whatever. And I say, what, how do you know whether that's good, bad or indifferent? You don't see what anybody else is getting as well. So, you know, with, without a basis of comparison, it's really hard to make improvements and, and to make judgments, uh, judgment calls on how to improve things. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that you've got that kind of access for, for these guys. And it, it's benchmarked against the, the other people in your, in your company using your services, I gather, right? And exactly. Yeah. So we, we've been doing it since 1999. So we have millions of data points in there, which, um, you know, is very valuable and we don't charge extra. That's all part of being in the exemplary provider program. And there's that word exemplary again. So do something else exceptionally well. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Run an exceptional pharmacy or some of the things that that I like to talk about. The, the piece that you hit on just briefly earlier that, that I'd like to dig a little bit deeper is the, the way that providing these services allows you to network in the community. Um, uh, you know, everybody talks about word of mouth being their best marketing tool, but, you know, word of mouth implies that you're doing something remarkable. And when you get in these business, this business that you're talking about providing these this whole menu of services and they can pick and choose whatever they want, you know, gives you something to go talk to your doctors and your discharge planners about. Um, do you have tools to help with that kind of stuff or is that kind of organic and dependent upon each pharmacy? So typically when they achieve their um, exemplary provider status, we'll, we'll call it when they become accredited and they're officially an exemplary provider, we obviously we give them a certificate that they you know hang on the wall. They have their letter of accreditation. We have a door cling that uh, each pharmacy is able to put in their at their front door, as well as a logo. You know, we'll call it a badge or a bug or whatever you refer to that can go on their website highlighting. Uh, that they are an exemplary provider. And so as well as we give them a template for a press release that they then can send out to their local papers or, or whatever. And of course, the putting things on social media where XYZ Pharmacy achieved this or in our newsletter, we've done white papers with some of our uh, outstanding pharmacies that, you know, have talked about the value of satisfaction surveys of patient-centered pharmacy home, where, you know, again, that's all about working with primary care and improving, helping the physician improve the outcome of the patient. So there's a variety of ways that by being in our program that we get the word out to to their community. And, you know, certainly 
it is word of mouth, but at the same time, you know, we live in a world where, you know, it's all about the website. It's all about, you know, all these additional things. The fact that the pharmacy has been evaluated for their quality and safety by a third party agency that is non-governmental, okay, we're a private organization, really makes a difference with uh, with not only the pharmacies, but the communities that they serve. You know, and, and as much as I hate to say it, that's a hot button right now with, uh, you know, all the problems that are going on in some of the bigger retail chains closing at inappropriate hours. And, and uh, just, you know, the, the, un, the unfortunate and terrible workflow work situation that's existing in too many of these places. So, you know, being able to claim you're an exceptional pharmacy and you meet uh, a specific criteria and standards that that's more valuable now than it was a couple of years ago. Yes. And, you know, keep in mind that I, I keep talking about verifying and validating, but essentially when they bring us in and we do that on site, where probably one of the biggest value that we bring to the individual pharmacy is in that identifying areas in need of improvement because they're there every day. They may think they have everything signed, sealed, and delivered, and they're perfect. And then more than likely, we go in and we start, you know, looking at records and looking at how things are handled and interviewing staff. And and then we find something that makes a difference to, to the organization because the organization chooses to be exemplary and and that's valuable well listen sandy um i'm a whole lot smarter now i hope my listeners are as well i i would point out two things and then ask you to kind of sum up you know the, the thought or two that you want to conclude with but uh, on your website, I was impressed at how many trade shows you go to. Um, and I, from the pharmacy arena, I, I noticed that you will be at the NACDS regional chains show in, yes. in January. I'm, I'm actually on the committee. Oh, are you yes. really? That's yes, one of my favorite, small. favorite shows. It, and, you know, uh, when to my listeners, when we say NACDS, they think it doesn't apply to them. But boy, there's some really significant players in independent pharmacy who are members of that group. Um, Bill Osborne would be one that I would mention off the top of my head. I've seen him there on a number of occasions um, so that, you know, some of these some of these independent guys you've gotten into the 5, 10, 20 store uh, uh, operational mode are big players with the regional change conference. Um, and well, then it, exactly. And, and, you know, folks like Kenny and High V that, you know, have been accredited by us for years and years and years uh, are, are big, um, you know, obviously. Yeah, and, and for my listeners who might not know, Kenny is a 70, 80 store chain in, in upstate New York, very cutting edge. Um, and Hy-Vee is a grocery store operation in Iowa that's frequently the Hy-Vee operation is rated 
top two or three in, in customer satisfaction for pharmacy services. They are, again, very cutting edge. So you're talking about some high profile names there. You're, you're very well plugged into our industry. And, and I'm proud that this opportunity has come to me to get acquainted with you. What do you want to say in the last minute or two that uh, will ring true and helpful to our, our listeners? Well, I think I'd like to share a quote from one of our pharmacies that really, I mean, sometimes, you know, you get like, <laughs> you ask for a testimonial or whatever, and you're not, you're never quite sure what anybody is going to say, even though they say they're very satisfied and, and so forth. But sometimes it surprises you like, oh my goodness, you know, th this is exactly what we're doing. And, you know, I'll share a quote from uh, an independent pharmacy in California that said, after going through our pharmacy accreditation program, they were not only a better business because of it, but a better pharmacy. And that's the goal. You have to be both. You got to be a well-run business and you got to be an exceptional pharmacy. Well, listen, God bless you. For, for those of you who are interested in knowing a little bit more, uh, the compliance team.org. Um, it's an easy to navigate website. Um, you will be blown away with the variety of things that this company provides um, and I am proud to, uh, you know, represent them here today and encourage you to check it out because if you're going to succeed, you don't just need to change, you need to improve. And that means you need to use my tagline and I'll close with that. Here's hoping something you learned today will help you do more and be better. So that's it for Pharmacy Crossroads. Uh, good day and see you next time. Thank Thanks you. for listening to Pharmacy Crossroads. If you're interested in talking with Bruce, please contact the show. Visit PharmacyCrossroads.com. We look forward to hearing from you.